This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Music and the opportunity for music is all around us. And uh, you can find inspiration in conversation or just the rhythm of something happening uh, around you. And so um, I would just take these snippets, get home and say, what can I do with this? And I would, you know, start to sing a, a melody around those words and think about what the story could be that uh, surrounds those words. That was Christian Schrader, a self-described hobbyist musician who recently created a pro jazz album. He described this as one of the biggest musical accomplishments of his entire life. And so if you're ever someone who's thought about, you know, reaching this really high aspirational musical or jazz goal, but just didn't feel like you had what it took. This is going to be an inspirational episode. I talked to Christian we do an interview and, and just go through this whole process, went through it through his head. How did he create this album? And there are so many great lessons along the way. I'm excited for you to listen to this. Well, let's jump right to it. my friends. What's up? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We help musicians learn how to play jazz while shortening the learning curve. No matter what instrument you play, I'm a jazz coach. I'm a jazz musician. I'm excited to serve you and help you play jazz and music at a much higher level. Hey, it's been a while since we've had a guest on this show. And I'm really happy that today's guest is one of our Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle members. His name is Christian Schrader. He is a vocalist and a guitar player. And more recently, he posted in our Inner Circle community a post that said something to the effect of, my biggest musical accomplishment to date. And that caught my eye. And as I opened up his post, I saw that he had created a jazz album, which, you know, at first look, I thought was pretty cool. So I started giving a little listen to some of the music and immediately was absolutely blown away by what I was hearing. What I was hearing wasn't uh, amateur or beginner or even intermediate jazz musician or jazz band or jazz album. This was like a pro-level jazz album, something that I would expect to you know, hear this band go on tour and, and play at a jazz club here in New York City. It really was that impressive to me. And in a second, we're going to have Christian on the show to talk about this musical experience, and you're going to get a lot of inspiration and ideas and tips coming from him. But just to show you what I'm talking about, here's what it sounds like. The street, all dressed up to go trick or treat. We hit it off, so we made a date. Thinking now that she's more than late. Ninety minutes sitting at the bar, and not a blip on my radar. 
it toasted Granny got ghosted Give up on that girl Cause you're never gonna see her again Again with another chick We both like the same music Her favorite singer was a coming to play A couple of tickets I was happy to pay She met me that night at the door But I lost her on the dance floor Andy got ghosted Andy got ghosted I felt a little bit roasted Andy got ghosted Give up on that girl Cause you're never gonna see her again So, I mean, pretty amazing, right? I mean, this this is like pro-level stuff going on here. I knew I had to talk to Christian and ask him, what happened here? What's going on? And by the way, that's Christian's voice that you're hearing. And this is also a composition of Christian's where he got on a bunch of other musicians, pro-jazz musicians, to come play with him. And this is just kind of scratching the surface of the great music. Actually, the album is incredibly well thought out with a lot of different different styles of music. And it's really incredible, as you hear in a second, Christian to say that he really had very little experience at all composing what he calls jazz standard style songs. So this is going to be really interesting. However, definitely check out his full album because I know you're going to really love it and be interested in it. Uh, you can go to his website. It's schradersongs.com. That's S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R songs.com. And uh, you'll get some links for where you can stream his album called All I Ever Wanted. Highly recommend that you go check it out. And of course, just just to support him for sure. Because I mean, what an amazing accomplishment of his. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk to Christian. All right, so Christian, welcome to the Learn Jazz Standards podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks very much. I am thrilled to be here myself. Yeah. So the audience already knows that you are one of our Inner Circle members, but they also know that you recorded a pro jazz album. I'm going to call it a pro-level jazz <laughs> album. Even though you're not a pro and... Before our call here, before we started recording, you just described yourself as a hobbyist. But I would love to kind of just start from the beginning a little bit just to, to, to get to know you a little bit. What do you do in your regular life? Well, can we call it your regular life, I guess? What do you do in your regular well, life? Yeah, and, then, just... and then how did you, how, do, what's, how did the music thing get started or the interest in jazz? So. It's funny it. that you say uh, my regular life, because sometimes when I present the record to people, I say, hey, I'd like to invite you into my secret life. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, because, you know, we all have our regular lives and we all have our private lives, which, you know, aren't isn't public. But I think we also all have our secret lives where we have our own personal achievements that we want to come to fruition and don't necessarily share that with other people. Right. But uh, I've, uh, in my regular life, I'm a 
a sound engineer. I work in television uh, doing uh, audio for various shows. This morning I was working on The Voice. Oh, wow. Um, I'm working on the America's Got Talent uh, finale later today. Oh, cool. So um, I'm, I'm in the audio world. Amazing. So I'm assuming you're out in Los Angeles. Is that correct? I am in the LA area. Yeah. Amazing. So being a sound engineer, obviously this is a lot. Uh, well, there's a lot of musical shows you're just talking about here, or at least music is involved. Is part of that, are the two connected? The worlds of interest in music and sound engineering? Yeah, I think what happens for a lot of uh, sound engineers is that they're musicians first. And then when they realize how difficult it is to make a living as a musician, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they got to put some bread on the table. So uh, a lot of people go into audio engineering. Awesome. So you started out interested in, in, in music. And so how did that start? I mean, that goes way back to like third grade and playing the recorder and, uh, playing the recorder uh, classic, <laughs> love it. and, uh, you know, violin, just different instruments, uh, French horn, uh, trumpet. I, I moved around a lot to different things, but I played through high school bands. Uh, I played in the a marching band in college. I played tuba in a German brass band. Uh, you know, I, I just like to play music. Yeah. So, so highly musical person. Um, I, I love that story too, the, the way you describe your musical upbringing, because it, I, I mean, so many people can relate to the exact same thing, right? I mean, I can relate to it, right? There's this interest of music in, in school and getting parts of, of marching bands and, and all that stuff. Was there, you know, a moment in time where jazz became interesting to you and that was something that you wanted to con continue diving deeper into? Um, I think in college, uh, that's when I started getting more interested in jazz. I also, that's when I picked up the guitar as well, but, uh, playing in the, uh, marching band in college was a totally different experience than in high school, because now we're talking about, you know, people who are four years your senior who are music majors in the in the marching band so the the quality of musicianship is so much better and i had a couple of roommates who were jazz majors and so they really introduced me to a lot of uh, great stuff that i was like oh my gosh this whole new realm of music that i've not been listening to and what instrument did you, uh, you're, you play guitar now, or guitar is your, is that your primary instrument or what's your primary instrument? Yeah. Guitar is my primary instrument. Got you. And was that the instrument that you started playing jazz on? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I played trumpet in the jazz band in high school, but I don't know if that counts. Okay. Got you. I, it's the same. I played saxophone in the jazz band, but I don't know if that counts either. Um, awesome. What were some of the earlier um, musicians that you really got interested in in the jazz world that like kind of started hooking you deeper? Uh, well, of course, Miles and Coltrane. Uh, yeah. Those are two major giants. Um, but Pat Metheny, mm -hmm. uh, I like his stuff. Um, John Schofield, um, Wes Montgomery. Uh, uh, Barney Kessel, 
yeah, uh, is just amazing. I and my father had the Julie London albums when I was growing up, and uh, I was like, this guy who's playing guitar behind her, it's just her and the guitar. He is doing some incredible stuff, right? And I, I think that that's that that's a, another classic story into jazz, right? Is like the musician going like, well, what are these guys doing? It's so incredible what they're doing. How are they playing this harmony? How are they playing these these chords? Right? It's that kind of fascination with the musicality of it. I think that draws draws a lot of us into the style of music. Is that would you agree with that? Absolutely. Like uh, Barney Kessel on Blue Moon with Julie London, he's playing uh, such great counter melody right. to her. He's not just comping. He's playing with her and, and, and like saying his own thing. Right. And as guitar, we can relate to that as guitar players, right? Cause it, you know, as good, we, we learn voicings, right? We learn different chords to play. Like we might learn a song and, Oh, here's a, a set group of voicings and, and they're, they're quote unquote jazz voicings, right? Seventh chords. Right. And they sound great. But then when you listen to someone like Barney Kessel or any of the, like Schofield or any of the people that you mentioned, you realize there's so much more going on there, right? It's, Yes, voicings are there, but there's melody, there's feedback, there's musical ideas, interplay that's that's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, they're they're playing within the voicings. They're playing their own thing. They're not just comping seventh chords. Yeah. They're creating their own music, uh, you know, musical ideas. That's why that's why I always say like teaching comping is so difficult because uh you know, there's there, yes, there's the element for, for, and by the way, this goes for horn players too. Like horn players can comp too. Um, but bassists, uh, sorry, uh, guitarists and pianists, right? There's like this, yeah, there's voicings to be learned, but you know, there's rhythm. Rhythm is the other, uh, element, right. Of comping that's important. But then at the end of the day, it's really just, how do you accompany someone? And a lot of that comes down to, well, listening to what Barney, how, how Barney Kessel was doing it to be like, oh, how does that even work? Right. But then the other side of it being like, you know, who's, who am I actually playing with and what did they just play? And that really, that response and feedback and understanding how to comp for someone can almost only come from that experience, that real world, like experience of, of actually doing it. Um, right. Which I think is super interesting. Okay. So a jazz album. I want to know like the beginning of this, um, because, and just to, I, I mentioned this in the intro of the show, but you know, when I saw you post, you posted our inner circle community. Um, I, th- I believe the post was titled something of the sort of like one of your biggest musical accomplishments. Is that correct? My biggest musical win so far. Okay. Biz- yeah. Which, which obviously immediately, you know, caught my eye. And when I listened to, um, you left a link to your album there. Um, and when I listened to the album, I was, I was just astonished because, um, I, what I heard to me sounded like a, like a pro jazz album. And so I was immediately super proud of you. Right. And just like, you know, this is so cool. Like, um, was this always a goal of yours from the beginning to do a jazz album or like talk, talk to me like the process leading up to deciding to even do that. Well, a few years ago, um, I guess 2018 or so, I had been away from writing music for a long time. And so I set a goal for myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to write a song a month for 12 months. And then at the end of the 12 months, I had 12 songs. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. I should do something with them. 
And so I decided to make an album of those songs. Uh, but what I did was tried to play almost all the instruments myself and uh, produced it all myself and, and got a couple of people to help out with drums and uh, piano on a song and trombone on a couple of tunes. Um, so when I finished that, I thought, well, this was a lot of fun. And I tried a variety of styles on that record. Uh, but I felt very limited by my musicians. So, let's stop, so well, can I stop you for one second? So sure. you created an album before the album that, that were that I, that I'm referring to here. Correct. Yeah. That was something else I did. It was called the purple sandpiper. It was just an experiment to see if I could get back into songwriting. And so you were songwriting before, uh, in the past. Correct. In, in college and post-college, it was, you know, rock and roll band, uh, did the whole thing, tried to, tried to be cool, but got, yeah, got you. So ended up working in the real world. Uh, interrupting you because there's such a teachable moment in here that I can't resist. Uh, the inner jazz coach cannot resist here. Um, the, the, the goal setting aspect of doing one composition a month, first of all, how did that feel for you? Was that sustainable for you? Was that something, was it a challenge? Was it, how did that feel when you did that? It, it was sustainable. This is pre LJS for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that was what I was concentrating on was doing, you know, creating one song a month. And, uh, it kind of fed me, uh, as, as I would go and I would get one done, I'd be like, Oh, nice. I got one. Let's move on to the next. Right. And that's so important when we're talking about musical improvement. I mean, improvement of any kind, right? But this is so important for music, especially music, because sometimes you kind of feel like it's kind of hard to see your progress if you're so close to it, right? This idea of setting up projects like you did, um, I love on the monthly basis. It's great because again, you're, you're triggering these reward centers of your brain every single month to go, wow, look, I just accomplished another musical thing uh, towards a bigger goal, right? Of that, of this album. Um, so I just wanted to stop you and point that out because I think that's so important because to me, Christian, that is the secret to any musical success. Um, it's not hard work necessarily. I know that that's the classic course, like oh, hard work, practice more hours, all that stuff equals better results. Those things can help, but it's this kind of psychology of what you did for yourself there that I believe creates the best results. Um, which I think there's a, there's a testimony here for that anyways. Absolutely. Well, I, I remember hearing at some point like Wayne Shorter saying something like, you know, if you're not writing a song a day, you're not, you know, you're, you know, you're not making it happen. And I was like, a song a day, that's crazy. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, maybe I could do a song a month. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did one month because, uh, you know, we have to also remember Wayne Shorter is, uh, you know, he's Wayne Shorter for a reason. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, okay. So I interrupted you. So you, uh, you recorded this album. Um, yeah, and and one of the songs on the album was a standards style song, and uh, that's the one I got help on. I got a, a drummer to help me, and a piano player, and a trombone player to help me out, and that was one of my favorite songs on the record. 
And when I was finished with that project, I thought, you know what, maybe f- if I continue doing this, I should go for an all standard style uh, record. Got you. So after you'd made this decision, did you go about the same course? Were you writing one song a month again or how did that go? Well, I took, I took a little time off uh, from writing Fair. after I got that whole one <laughs> out of the system. Uh, and then uh, as I was finding myself inspired, I did not take the same monthly approach. Um, I think it went faster than that. Um, I would just get, I, I'd be out for a walk with the dog and I'd get an idea or I'd be listening to a podcast and I'd hear um, a series of words that I thought were interesting. And I'd think, oh, well, how could I turn that into a song? You know, because music and the opportunity for music is all around us. And uh, you can find inspiration in conversation or just the rhythm of something happening uh, around you. Right. And so um, I would just take these snippets get home and say, what can I do with this? And I would, you know, start to sing a, a melody around those words and think about what the story could be that, uh, surrounds those words. And as far as writing, you would call it the, the jazz standard style. Um, as far as that goes, was, was that, was that something you had a lot of experience doing like writing jazz kind of harmony and stuff like that? Before? No, not yeah. at all. Really? I, I'm very um, surprised to hear you say that. Uh, I mean, I wrote that one song, but, you know, I've loved the Great American Songbook for, you know, as long as I remember liking music. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I like Broadway shows and all that. It, that's all stuff I've enjoyed. So I'm familiar with the idioms, I guess, but uh, I've never really branched out and tried to do that sort of thing myself. But that's where Learn Jazz Standards comes in. Because by then I had started in with the inner circle and had gotten so much uh, theory and so much uh, motivation from seeing the different forms, seeing the breakdowns, uh, the analysis of the charts that you guys were putting up on a monthly basis. And, you know, just kind of using what I was learning from listening to the podcast and from uh, going through the online classes, uh, it's like, oh, I could really take this material and apply it to my own stuff. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I, and, and I honestly, I'm floored. Um, it, it is, it is. So it, you know, we'll have some, um, some, some recordings that they can like listen to little clips of it. Um, cause I want them to hear the music when you listen to the recordings, it, it sounds like you've been doing this for a long time, you know? And so <laughs> that, that really, I've got them fooled again. that's a, that's a testament to you, right? Just to obviously your musical background, like you study music, you know, music, you've played different styles of music. Um, and that led you to this moment, right? Yeah. But it's also your, your driven attitude, that motivation of this, this goal oriented attitude that I think you have. And this, this ability to go, okay, I have information available to me. And 
uh, utilize it. And an- another teachable moment I have to share here, just from hearing you say this, is you know, whenever we're trying to learn music, whenever we're trying to, you know, it could be something simple like a scale, right? Uh, it can be kind of boring if someone says, hey, learn your major scales in all 12 keys. And the reason that's boring is because there's no application to it, right? Um, learn a song. Why are you learning a song, right? Is it to go play at the local jam session? Is it to record an album? Is it to do what, right? There always has to be some kind of purpose tied towards it. Um, otherwise, why am I learning melodic minor theory, right? Why am I... Um, why am I, why am I looking at Roman numeral analysis of a song? What's the point of doing any of that? Right. Um, so you've, you, again, a testament to you and your, your ability to take information that's given to you and apply it to something that you actually want to achieve. I think that's just fascinating and awesome. Yeah. One of the funny things is, you know, you always talk about jazz blues and that kind of being a foundational aspect of jazz in general. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I I started Jazz Blues Accelerator. And uh, one of the things that you have in that class is to compose your own melody. Right. uh, You know, as you as you go through. And I did that. And uh, I was like, oh, that's a lot of fun. And I I actually didn't use what I used in that class for the record, but I had something else. And then I ended up writing three Jazz Blues tunes uh, relatively quickly and thought, well, I can't just do all jazz blues. <laughs> <laughs> but the first, the, the jazz blues on the, on the first track of your album is awesome. Um, just, I just wanted Thank to you. throw that in there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, one of the first ones I wrote was ghosted, uh, which is a, a lot of fun, uh, kind of a jump blues vibe. Yeah. Cool. So what were some of the challenges going through this process, right? I mean, you're literally telling me that you kind of starting from scratch as far as not complete scratch, but you know, somewhere in the, that region of writing jazz to jazz, I mean, let's call them jazz standard style tunes. Right. Um, and you're going about how many songs are on the album again? There's 13. So there's 13 songs you're going about, you know, composing and eventually recording 13 songs. What were some of the challenges that came up as you were going through this process? Uh, You know, the melodies came fairly easily to me, but uh, it's kind of like ear training in that, all right, I hear the melody. What is the harmony that's happening behind it? Right. And so I spent a lot of time just kind of working my way through chords and, uh, thinking oh well okay okay so i'm in e flat what what's going to work with this and what's going to you know and i mean i didn't do anything crazily out there harmonically but there is a a variety of stuff happening and it it took me a while to like oh i need the minor seven flat five here or this has to be a diminished or you know you know it took a while to understand that right so it would kind of look like this so you you would would you compose the entire melody first and when you were composing were you were you actually notating it or are you just kind of do were you singing it first and then playing it on your guitar or how did what was that what did the melody look like uh melody was vocal to start 
and then I would try to pluck it out on the guitar, and then you know I'd I'd find the the right key for me for that tune, and take it from there. Got you. And then very much so, like uh, singing the melody, and then with your guitar, what chords actually fit underneath all this? Correct. Were yeah, you thinking yeah. about styles? Because when you listen to the album, there's a lot of different styles really on it, right? But that was a very conscious choice uh, because there are so many great styles, and what I didn't want to do was be boring. And I wanted uh, to at least surprise in some way like oh i didn't see that uh kind of rumba tune coming uh right or i didn't see you know uh the bossa nova coming or whatever it is um so i consciously said oh like I, like like i said before i've got three jazz blues tunes i've got to change it up right and create something different yeah, that's one element of when I say it's a pro-level sounding jazz album. It, let's just call it what it is, a pro-jazz album. Um, because and that that's one of that's just one of the elements of me saying that is that when you listen to it, it's it's not like all the songs sound the same. It's not like there wasn't any thought into I even I'm I'm almost positive you put thought into which order the songs go in. Am I wrong? Oh, you are not wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very intentional, right? It, like it's as if you're at a concert, right? Or any good jazz album, right? But and and there's something new coming at you every single time to keep you engaged in the musical narrative that you're telling. Yeah, it's it's funny. I spent a lot of time sequencing uh the songs and um what I ended up doing was I would lay all the tracks out in Pro Tools and have uh, like, all right, let's get it started. That's going to be the first song because it's called Let's Get It Started. I can't put that song in the middle somewhere. <laughs> it's and, a good starter too. Yeah. And our lullaby, that's got to be the last song, right? It's like, good night. It's time to go to sleep. It's, it's over. And so I had those bookends. And what I would do is audition the start of each remaining song after hearing the ending of the first song. I'd be like, oh, well, I really like the way this transition works into the next song. And I did that all the way through all of the tunes and came up with an order that I never imagined would be the order of the album. Wow, that's awesome. It sounds like you really geeked out on it. Like you just, you, it, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it also sounds when you're saying it, it all, it sounds like a lot of fun, you know, it, 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 it sounds like a lot of fun to like, uh, you must've gotten like, really, did you like lose nights of sleep sometimes? Cause your brain was running about <laughs> the, what you're going to do with this album. Not really because it wasn't a stressful thing. Yeah, that's good. You know, it was, a something I was loving doing. So wow. it was not a source of stress. I love that. That's, that's, that's amazing. Honestly, it's inspiring to me because, um, I guess when music is your job, um, in any capacity or it's like a lot, what I do teaching music, um, running a music business or performing or whatever, sometimes you do lose sight a little bit of like just that playful fun that you're describing right now. So it's just, it's inspiring for me just to, to hear you talk about it. Um, okay. So when I want to talk about your decision to hire, continue hiring musicians 
for this, right? Because of the last album you said, you mostly you mostly did it yourself. You played all the Correct. instruments. Yeah. I'm yeah. assuming the reason you did that was because the styles that you were playing on the last, for the most part, you were more familiar with, or is that the case? Yeah, I mean, there were rock tunes, there were country tunes, yeah. there was the sort of standard tunes, there were yeah. uh, folk-like tunes. And so it was more uh, within the realm of things I'd done before or was familiar with. And, you know, I could play a passable bass line and I could play uh, okay guitar. And so I was like, ah, you know, I'll just do it just to, just to do it. Right. Uh, but, you know, also working in the field that I work in, I'm around pros and they're pro audio people, they're pro musicians and, you know, you got to bring your A game or they're going to, you know, vibe you out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> musicians like, oh, can yeah. be like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And if you, if you think musicians could be like that, audio engineers. Oh, really? Take it to a whole new level. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something about when you like take pride in what you do or you've worked hard for what you do, sometimes that can be, uh, a, a reaction or an attitude you developed not saying it's good but you know oh sure absolutely yeah and there's you know uh professional competition correct where like oh why did he get that gig or you know why didn't i get that gig and uh right you know so there's you know a lot of camaraderie but there's also competition right so you wanted to hire pro jazz players because because i wanted it to sound as good as it could possibly sound love that yes and uh because you know i wrote these songs i really think they're good songs and so i was like i got to take it to the next level uh and i'll say the best thing i ever did was ask for help Mm. Uh, when i did that first record i did it myself it shows um, but this time I asked the drummer who helped me last time, his name is, uh, Dave Toll. And, uh, I got together with him and I said, Hey, I've got these 13 songs I'm thinking about doing a record. What do you think? And he said, Oh, let me listen to them. And then we sat down for an hour and a half, uh, at a coffee shop and he drilled down into each song and he was like, Hey, listen, lyrically, this one needs a little help. Uh, you're resolving to a weird uh, chord at the end of this chorus over here. I, you know, I think you need to, uh, you you probably need a little help arranging uh, these songs so that when we get into the studio, it will be a smoother session. Right. And, and, and so he introduced me and he lives in my neighborhood and he introduced me to another guy in the neighborhood, John Prue, who was the piano player and uh, helped me with the arrangements. And so some of the songs I had already had uh, in intros for, but he helped me kind of tighten up intros and endings and creating master charts, master rhythm charts for the studio so that we would have a, an easier session. Amazing. This is so smart. Like, I mean, what did you, what did you learn from these guys when you did this? Was it, was there like, 
aha moments from like, oh, here's my tunes and you just told me to do this instead, or you told me to tweak this. Was there anything that like really stuck out to you that was a huge takeaway from even just asking for help there? Um, the, I guess the biggest takeaway is there are people who know a lot more than I do. Right. (laughs) And so, uh, and I respected these guys. I, I think they're amazing. And so I heeded their advice and like, Oh yeah, we need to, I need to resolve that better. Or, uh, uh, when John came in, he's like, Hey, you know, I think, uh, we should add a couple of two fives in transitional elements here that will really kind of help pull it around uh, right. to the resolution instead of just going directly there. Right. And uh, he added in some harmonic elements uh, that were fantastic and really elevated the songs. Yeah. So amazing. And you know, something that you meant you said in your post, um, in, in our inner circle community is you mentioned, I think you, and, and tell me if I'm quoting you wrong here, but you, you sort of slid in a little side, uh, you know, comment as if you were cheating by hiring. <laughs> you said that, right? Am I, or am I, I did. That? Yes. Yes. Okay. And the first thing I thought when I read that was like, this is, this is definitely not cheating, right? This is, this is exactly what you should do, right? This is, well, you. the reason I, I said that was because we're all, members of the inner circle, or at least we're all people who listen to your podcast. And so all of us are trying to improve and we are, you know, we're all on this ladder towards our playing abilities. And I just know where my playing abilities are and what I wanted to hear. And I was like, eh, I'm going to bring it down. So I wanted to make sure it was solid. Right. Absolutely. And I think it was, it was, it was a brilliant decision to do, right? I mean, now in doing this, you've created an incredible piece of work with your compositions, like which are, um, your compositions are represented in like the best way possible. And you sang on the album. So correct. Yes. So you were not absent from the album with, of course, your compositions, but also your singing. Definitely was not absent. Which is, which is fantastic. Um, and I, and I think this is so huge because a lot of us stop from reaching our musical goals because we don't believe it's possible. And we don't always think about the stepping stones it takes to get to where you want to go. And sometimes we don't think outside the box either. We think, all right, well, until I'm as good as what's the, who's the guitar player that, uh, you hired? Uh, Larry Koontz. Oh, is that Larry Koontz? Wow. Yeah, that's hardcore. I, I heard yeah. when, I, when I heard the guitar player, I didn't know who it was, but I was like, that guy's good. Um, so now we understand why. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So he hired, so unless I'm as good as until I'm as good as Larry Koontz, I will not record this album. Right. Um, what if you're going to get, you're going to get, you know, at least a step or two closer to Larry Koontz in the process of creating this album, right? If that's even your goal, right? That might not even be your goal. Your goal is to create an awesome album with great jazz songs. I think it's so important that people understand this, right? You can achieve these amazing goals. You can do all of this, all of this stuff, especially if you think outside the box, especially if you double down on the skills that you already have 
and double down on the connections that you're able to make, which I think you did just fantastically. Uh, yeah, thanks. I, I'm very, very lucky in that I live in an area where there's a large selection of world-class musicians. And, um, and, and, and in meeting Dave Tull, that was just happenstance because his wife is a teacher at the elementary school where my kids went and I did the sound for all the talent shows there. And so she kind of helped me make the connection with him. And then he's like, Oh, well, I know John and John's like, well, uh, I know Larry. And, uh, once you get the ball rolling, and uh, you can call these people up and say, hey, I'm working with Dave and John on this. Would you be in? And he's like, yeah, sounds like fun. And I was like, oh, I got 13 original tunes. Uh, oh, that's that's great. Let's let's do it. Yeah. And so everybody was super, uh, super nice. And yeah. So professional. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you have so much to be proud of, Christian, and I, I think it's just your your story is inspiring, and um, the way you're able to achieve this goal, and how much of a musician, how much better of a musician you must have become during this process of composing these songs, of having the experience of of doing a, a pro recording session, right, with these amazing musicians, getting the feedback on your compositions, the arrangements. Um, getting better at composition, all of these things. So, um, so I want to thank you for, for sharing all this or anything you would want to share with the audience before we go. Um, just anything about the process or about music or, I mean, anything that comes to mind that, that you would want to say. Uh, the thing that, uh, really impressed me was when we were in the studio and, uh, we did no rehearsal we would say, hey, what's what's the tempo of this tune? Or uh, how are we going to end it? And like, oh, we're going to retard at, you know, seven measures from the end or whatever it might be. And they would you know, run those measures. And uh, we ran these songs twice, no more than four times on any of these tunes. And we would finish a take. Everybody would say, oh, what'd you think? And the level of professionalism of these guys would be like, you know what, in uh, measure 67, I really didn't like uh, what I played there. Can we uh, go back and punch that in? Mm -hmm. And there was no ego tied into these guys. Yeah. They just played and they played their butts off. And uh, it was incredible to just see that level of play and professionalism where you know people don't get uptight about what they're doing right it's not uh it's more about serving the music making the music as good as possible um that's the attitude that's the spirit right and i was in there i was in the booth singing along as they were playing and i was just in heaven it was like oh my gosh what is happening here? <laughs> These songs sound so good. I can't yeah. believe it. Wow. That is so cool. Um, what a fantastic experience. Where can um, people listen, listen to this? Well, uh, it's on uh, Spotify. The album is called All I Ever Wanted. Uh, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all the regular streaming platforms. 
Also, I've got to put up a website for this one, uh, schradersongs.com. That's kind of a central place to get links to all the streaming services. Um, also, I just want to add um, that a lot of the other players on the record are people just I've met through my life. Like a couple of them are from college marching band. You know, one of them, Bijan Watson, is now a big time lead trumpet player, plays in big bands across the country. Uh, I got uh, another friend, Carl Hose, who plays in Branson on trombone. And I just called on these friends from the past and said, hey, would you be interested in playing along? And everybody was like, I'm on board. Of course, I paid them. I didn't just ask for favors. Right. Because I think it's very important that musicians are paid for their work. Um, and one of the things I wanted on the record was a vibraphone. And I didn't know any vibraphone players. And Los Angeles doesn't have a lot of vibes. There are not a lot of guys out here who do it. And uh, I ended up finding the vibraphonist through just a Google search and YouTube videos. And I was like, oh, who's this guy? Jake Chapman. He's really good. He's jamming in this video. And I just got in touch with him through his uh, social media. And he was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And he was great. And so you just never know how you're going to find or connect with uh, players and people who you might uh, do great work with. Wow. That's cool. That's fantastic. So schradersongs.com, correct? That's correct. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll leave a link to that in the show notes because I definitely want people to check out uh, this music and uh, just cheer you on because uh, what an awesome accomplishment. Christian, appreciate you being on the podcast, sharing uh, your uh, your inspiration with us, and uh, maybe we'll have a check-in with you sometime later on down the road. Well, thanks very much, Brent. Uh, it is uh, a pleasure to talk to you. I've uh, heard you so much, <laughs> but it never goes the other way. So uh, thanks for uh, you know asking me on the on the show. My pleasure, Christian. My pleasure. Thank you, man. All right. Hope you enjoyed my interview with Christian Schrader. Again, that's schradersongs.com to check out his album. Do appreciate you. By the way, as mentioned in the show, Christian is part of our Learn Jazz Standards inner circle. So if you're interested in joining a community of others like Christian, who are all cheering each other on, uh, you know, helping each other improve, and of course, access to learning new jazz standards every single month and, and courses and all the training you need to succeed, Go check us out, ljsinnercircle.com. That's where you can find that, or we'll leave a link to that in the show notes today, ljsinnercircle.com. All right, we're going to be coming out with another great episode of the podcast coming up next week. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.